Hey everyone, welcome back to the I Should Totally Be Dead Right Now podcast, where we tell true stories of survivors of true crime, natural disasters, and everything else in between. How's it going, Michelle? Uh, it's going really well. Good. I had a pretty kick-ass weekend. I'm drinking awesome. strawberry bellinis. Mm. It's a good time. So nice. Hanging out, chatting with you. I mean, come on. Yeah. Living the life. How's the weather? <laughs> Uh, it's a little cooler today, so a little, okay. you know, reprieve from the heat because it was getting hot as shit. Right. <laughs> Very humid. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking like someone, you know, went outside with a hose and sprayed everything down and it's just like totally dry outside. It's just humid as hell. <laughs> so going to take a little getting used to. I Absolutely. Think. Yeah. Agreed. And probably a lot of these strawberry bellinis to get me through. Hey, there we go. What's in this strawberry bellini? Uh, well, these are super delicious and super simple. So it's like strawberry puree at the bottom of the glass, and then you fill it with champagne or prosecco or whatever the hell you have on hand, and you're good to go. You Boom. can drink away. And super simple. I, what's that? Super simple. Yeah, super simple and super delicious. Like they're very refreshing, very sweet, and we are lucky enough to have a little fruit stand like Hmm. a block away so I walked over there and grabbed some fresh strawberries looks like it's the last of the season they only had three baskets left oh goodness (laughs) I went down and got some the last of them that sounds good there is a fruit cart near my place too so like the fruit cups you just tell them like how which fruit you want they just cut it up and put it in like a cup or like a little tray thing and put tahine and lime and Uh, so good Mm -hmm. yeah we need to be doing that we actually made some cantaloupes the oh my gosh i know i was totally thinking of you and we should totally make another cantaloupe drink because they're just so delicious and they're so good (laughs) there we go perfect next time next time for sure All right. Should we jump into this? Yeah. You're going to kick us off, Caitlin? I am. All right. right. Okay. This story is about Abby Hernandez. Abby Hernandez. Okay. It is October 9th, 2013. And Abby is 14 years old and a freshman at Kennett High School in North Conway, New Hampshire. Okay. I don't know much about New Hampshire, so I have no idea where that is or... Any. Uh, I have no idea, but it is a small town, which is about 2000 people live there. So small. Okay. That is a small town. All right. Mm-hmm. So Abby always walked to and from school every day. It was just over a mile to school. So there we go. Yeah, it's not bad. No. So it is 2.30 PM and Abby is on her way home, but she was wearing new boots. So her feet were... In a good amount of pain because she was breaking him in that day. Oh, girl. Yes. I know how that goes. <laughs> mm-hmm. I uh, got these new like red shoes. Oh my God. I loved them. Mm-hmm. They were nine West. They were red patent leather. I don't know. Super cute, but they were like an inch wedge. And usually, you know, wedges, you can walk around for yeah. a lot longer. No, I wore those bitches to Vegas. And by the end of the night, I wanted to kill myself. (laughs) Oh, it just, it was terrible. I had awful blisters. And Mm. so I feel you, Abby. That's probably got to suck pretty bad. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. So as she was walking home, 
a man in a pickup truck asked if she wanted to ride home. Mm. Abby, seeking relief from her aching, blistering feet, accepts the short ride to her mom's house. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how close she is. Is she like, you know, she's got still three quarters of a mile. That can be very daunting or, oh, yeah. anyway, sorry. I don't like where this is headed at all, Caitlin, FYI. Right, because, well, within minutes from driving away, the man pulls out a gun and states, if you try to scream and try to escape or make any effort to escape, there will be consequences. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I just like these noises, Michelle. I know, I don't even, like, know what to say. (laughs) I'm not feeling good about this. Right. Abby realizes that she will have to work with her kidnapper to try to get him to trust her. Mm, So she states, I don't judge you for this. If you let me go, I won't tell anybody about this. You actually seem really smart. So she's trying to, you know, butter him up and... Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, make him a little bit more amiable and be like, yeah, I was wrong. I'll just drop her at the corner. Mm -hmm. You still have a chance. Exactly. You still have a chance to not do this, you know? I suspect that did not happen. Yes. Unfortunately, Uh. that did not work. And the man places handcuffs on Abby and a shirt over her head and broke her phone for tracking purposes. Ugh, fucker. So Abby tried to peek through the car window to discern where they're going, how far they're going, but then he fires a taser gun at her leg. What? Yeah. So he tases her. So she's Mm. already completely incapacitated and then he's just going to go ahead and fucking tase her? Yeah. Okay. Awful. I hated him already and now I hate him even more. Absolutely. So after a frightening journey, the man parks his car at his mobile home in Gorham, which is about 30 miles from Abby's home. Uh, Probably a piece of shit house. I'm getting angry. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And this is... And Abby was kidnapped three days before her 15th birthday. Oh, I know. So this man puts her in a small storage shed on his property. So it's not in his house or mobile home. It's just a shed outside. That's probably dirty and grimy and scary. (laughs) Oh. So Zenia Hernandez, which is Abby's mom, she knows something's wrong when Abby doesn't come home from school. She has a feeling... So she texted her in hopes, but there's no response. So she actually drives to the high school to see if her daughter lost time with friends and just hanging out. But the librarian says that she saw Abby leave around 2.30 p.m. So she knows that she is not on the school grounds. Oh, God. Zenya is worried that she suffered an injury or a medical emergency while walking home. So she called the local hospital, but there was no sign of Abby there as well. Uh. So now it's 7 p.m. and Xenia files a missing persons report. I think she was staying hopeful, but I don't know there's a certain amount of time, too, to Well, in the movies file. and stuff, they're always like, 48 hours. And it's right. like, no, something is very wrong. Well, this, well, Abby's disappearance actually hits the local television news that following night. So within the mm. like 24 hours, it's on the news. Are Amber Alerts a thing right now? I mean, at this time, like, why isn't that going like crazy? I don't know. There, I mean, it is because I actually got one just the other day about a 95-year-old man who went missing. Oh. I know. Like. Super sad. 
I would think there'd be like Amber Alerts going like crazy. It could be. I don't know. But it was just on the local Uh, news. I'm looking it up to see if Amber Alert was going in 2013. Oh, yeah. Or maybe just not in that area, perhaps, or... I have no idea. No, it was. There was 194 Amber Alerts in 2013. Wow. Which involved 243 children. So it was a lot of multiple children. Wow. That's terrifying. Seriously. Okay, well, okay. the search is on All right, for Abby. Moving on. So we're going back to Abby, and she's in a shed, and it's a cramped, windowless shed. He has covered her eyes with tape, then a shirt, and then a motorcycle helmet as well. My God. I know. And unfortunately, he does sexually assault her throughout, like, this whole thing. Oh, Caitlin. I know, I know, I know. Abby went through a myriad of abuse and horrific actions by this man he even put a dog shock collar on her and she had to call him master and he would shock her if she was too loud or anything like that this guy he's the worst he is the worst he's a shit bag yeah and he had a security camera pointed on her at all times so any movement he would see it So she was cut off to access a fresh air and sunlight. So she didn't even know how long she has been in the shed. Oh my goodness. But now her disappearance has spread around to other local media outlets. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. The man allowed Abby to watch the news about her disappearance and watched her mother plead for her safe return during a press conference. So, he so was, he's just continuing to torture her is yes, what's going on completely. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. Oh, awful. awful. <laughs> Could you imagine watching your mom just like, I'm right here, I'm right here, but no, oh, I, this awful. is incredibly upsetting. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. But it has been two weeks now and the man allows her to write a note to her mom, but she has to write saying that she is alive and she is okay. So he's trying to throw off the track altogether. Oh, like to maybe like she's a runaway or some mm-hmm. such thing like I'm cool but I'm just not home and yeah. probably not going to come home or some shit. Exactly. Oh. Mm. But she used her fingernail to imprint the word help on the paper. Oh, smart, yeah. Abby. Super smart, but unfortunately he notices and then oh. viciously attacks her and makes her write another one. So well, that is disheartening. I know. So this letter pretty much says, I'm so sorry I did this. I am healthy. I am alive. Maybe we'll meet again someday. Please give my sister a hug. Stuff like that. Oh. So. Her mom's like, hell no. I'm not buying this. (laughs) I'm not buying this. That's what I think. (laughs) Well, the letter was postmarked October 13th, 2013, but it didn't arrive in her mom's mailbox until November 6th, 2013. What took so long? That's like three weeks. I don't know. He was lazy, probably. That Oh, probably. It just rode around in his stupid car with him for a while. Yeah. Ugh. So the letter was in Abby's handwriting, but of course, her mom knew something was off. Yeah, of course she did. Of course she did. <laughs> so Abby's mother gave the letter to law enforcement and confirmed that Abby's DNA was on the document. Hmm. Law enforcement decided to hold on to the letter for one month before releasing it to the public. Why? But, hmm? Sorry. <laughs> oh. Is it so just to, like, withhold information so they would have something to prove it was the guy? 
if they did find them or some such thing i don't know they were just unsure about the letter and if they went public they didn't know if it was like a safety concern or copycats or such like that so i think they were just giving it some time i'm not 100 mm. sure mm. or maybe they would were afraid the public would just write it off like she is safe and healthy what the hell are you worried about so okay sorry well, that's what on. happened michelle my gosh oh. <laughs> Once it went public, local residents were furious with the Hernandez family because they thought this letter was a confession of her just running away. Uh, so, no, but law, I know. <laughs> Luckily, though, law enforcement was not fooled. So, he, oh. law enforcement is on the side of the Hernandez family, saying like, "Nah, this is this is this not is coerced." Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, good. Yes. So Abby continued to hold on to hope and prayed frequently. She states. I remember praying to God and I remember I never said amen in my mind. I never wanted to end my prayers because I didn't want God to leave me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so throughout her whole ordeal, Abby learned more about her captor and still sought to gain his trust. In the beginning, okay. she tried to do it. She just continued on to try to gain his trust. I mean, honestly, what else can you do? I mean, oh, yeah. She's being filmed. She's got shit all over her head and mm -hmm. face and she can probably hardly breathe and see and oh God. Awful. Over time though, he let her read books that he possessed and she learned his name was Nate Kibbe after seeing mm. it scribbled in a cookbook that he let her read. That's a stupid name. <laughs> Isn't it? Yes. Ugh. I apologize to all other Nate Kibbies in the world, but that one's <laughs> fucking dumb. Right. So she continuously just reminded him that he could let her go at any time and she would not share his identity with anyone. Mm. She's like, it's the, the offer is still up, man. You know, yeah. you can still do the right <laughs> the thing. The deal is on the table still. Yeah. I'll go my merry way. Yeah. Ugh. She states, part of how I gained his trust, I guess, was that I just went along with whatever he wanted me to do. Mm. Yeah. So this man actually was involved in a counterfeiting operation as well. So he started printing money at his house. Fuck. Are you serious? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. And he paid a sex worker with these counterfeit bills. Far. This guy is the worst. Oh my God. I'm sorry. No, he oh. is. He's absolutely. But then they try to use the fake money at a local Walmart and Walmart's like, yeah, this is totally fake and then got police involved okay so hopefully the jig is up well the woman warned him that he better clean up whatever he has making in his basement because police could be on their way why would you warn him right like, he just gave you fake money and tried to rip you off like let his ass get arrested seriously absolutely oh. so it has been nine months since abby has been kidnapped nine months so oh. long <laughs> but since police are coming and abby continue to say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna tell on you uh, he decides my best i don't want police to come find her and she's not gonna tell police who i am so i think i'm just gonna let her go is this which is my best option pretty much uh, yeah so it is now july 20th 2014 and oh he my God takes abby and he puts her on an abandoned road at night 
but she is only a mile away from her home. Oh, she's going to be home anytime. I would be so scared that he was coming back or like decided to kill me instead of let me go or whatever. Oh my God. That would be my even imagine. Yeah. I would either hide or just run just in case, because people can change your mind just like that. It was probably such a sense of elation and fear at the Mm -hmm. same time just oh oh abby you're almost home well i'm just surprised that he let her he drove all the way back just a mile before her house like she was 30 miles away so i'm just surprised that he drove all the way back it's just weird but i mean well that's fortunate you know oh Mm -hmm. my god abby inhales a fresh air and cannot believe that she is free she states, I remember looking up and laughing, just being so happy. Oh, I bet. Oh, my God. So she realizes where she was and she is walking home. As oh my God. I would be like running. Well, she's probably, I mean. Exhausted, weak. a little yeah. worse for wear, I'm sure. My God, mm-hmm. can you even imagine? She's just been no. in a shed for nine fucking months. Uh-huh. Oh. So as Abby walked up to the door, she could hear her mom on the phone and she opens the door and says, Mom. Zenya immediately runs to her and they hug for the longest time. I couldn't even imagine her mother's like relief relief and love and oh my God. And oh, oh God, probably crying. Mm -hmm. So one week after Abby returned home, Nate Kibbe was arrested. He faced, right? He faced a total of 205 charges and pled not guilty to all of them. Okay, fuck this guy. 205 charges. Holy shit. That's a lot. Yeah, he did a lot of shit. Yeah, that's clear. I like want a list of all those 205 charges and Seriously, see what the fuck right? they all are. I'm sure it's like 10 counts of, you know, sexual assault or, you know, wow. like like that. that so had he kidnapped other women or anything that we know of? Do you know? Not that I know. I have no, no this idea. This is like, oh, uh well i'm sure he did other shit because he's counterfeiting he's kidnapping i mean like i'm sure this is just the beginning of his stupid list so oh my god he did eventually agree to plead guilty to seven felony charges including aggravated sexual assault kidnapping witness tampering and criminal threatening court documents Mm -hmm. show that he threatened to kill abby's family and dogs if she identified him and he even threatened um, associate attorney general through recorded phone call. Oh, that calls. seems smart. Yeah, good call there, Nate. Well, Fuck it was you. through a recorded phone call made from the corrections facility, but they dropped that charge for some reason. Not sure. There is. Yeah, I don't know why. I was going to come up with some stupid explanation, but it wasn't going to be good. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's nearly two years after Abby came home that she gave a victim impact statement at sentencing, and it reads in part this. Here it goes. Any second now. I feel like I'm going to be emotional. (laughs) It seems like forever. Two years have gone by, both fast and slow in different senses. But I often think about Kibby and what he did affects my life on a day-to-day basis. My name does not mean the same thing anymore that it did before October 9th. I'm attending school and I'm afraid to let anybody know what my last name is. Nobody knows what my last name is. I did. I know. I I did not put you in prison. You put yourself in prison. So I can't carry the blame on my shoulders when it's simply not true that I put you in prison. 
When you decided to point that gun at me, that was not my choice. It was not my choice to go to your house. It was not my choice for you to rape me. It was not my choice for you to threaten me. You did that all yourself. Oh, fuck yeah. Ah, Sorry. There are certain aspects of my freedom that I can never get back. But in the same aspect, I want you to know that I appreciate my freedom because of you and that I enjoy and appreciate life because of you. I never look at sunshine in the same way. I never think about fresh air in the same way. I know. Oh, my gosh. What a beautifully written statement. Love it. Yes. And I'm just so glad that she's not blaming herself. Right. Because it's not her fucking fault at all i mean oh my god this guy is a dirt bag who pretty much deserves the worst in life Mm -hmm. and we can only hope he gets it and abby you're amazing and i hope you can get the very best out of life because you deserve it yes she absolutely does and he was sentenced to 45 to 90 years in prison and most likely will die there fingers crossed yeah right (laughs) But today, Abby lives in Maine with her young son and works as a hairdresser. Oh, I know. Because this was like 10 years ago. So she's like 24, 25 now. Mm, Okay. So in February of 2022, a Lifetime movie about her survival called Girl in the Shed, The Kidnapping of Abby Hernandez premiered. Abby served as an executive producer on the film. She said it was tough to produce a movie about the worst experiences of her life, but it was also found healing for her to get her story out there on her own terms. Mm. She states, yeah, she states, obviously it's a weird experience to have this happen in the first place. And then to have it made into a movie is obviously like an even weirder experience. But ultimately I did find it healing in a weird way just to have it out there. Oh, yeah. There's magic in the telling, as I like to say. Absolutely. And any way for anyone to heal, like do it. Absolutely. Yeah. If you find uh, this. Yes. Whatever you find cathartic, that mm-hmm. you're on the right road, you know, unless yeah. it's like crazy drugs or alcohol or anything. That's not what I mean. Like, yeah. <laughs> <Really? right. laughs> healthy ways, healthy ways to deal with uh, trauma. Yeah. And- <laughs> Thank you, Caitlin. <laughs> I know because, oh. you know, we've had survivors who you know, helped other survivors or yes, wrote books or yeah, made movies. So everyone is different and whatever your journey is, absolutely go for it. Yes. Oh. So good job, Abby. Oh my God. I know she's so brave and to, mm-hmm. you know, to face him later. And, you know, it's like, I don't even hardly want to face old coworkers, you know, that I had a good <laughs> relationship with. Right. <laughs> dealing with someone who was so traumatizing in my life mm-hmm. and was so terrible like i can't even imagine can't no even. absolutely not so i don't know she did just so good and for her to stay like hopeful and positive like nine months i don't know if i would last that long i think i would lose hope after that yeah i mean yeah how could you not despair right i mean my mm-hmm. god well, good for she, her. For yeah, and she was smart with her. She stayed with and... the, yeah, with her trust, like gaining his trust. She continued that whole time to do it. Yeah. And it worked. So it didn't matter how long she was free. So there we go. Oh, God. Oh, I know, right? All right. <laughs> so let's get to your story. Um, yes. Kick it off. Okay. Yeah. I don't even want to anymore. <laughs> All right. No, it's fine. 
All right. Well, I am taking us back not too far. Okay. So it's September 28, 2022. Oh, wow. We are in Naples, Florida. This story is about uh, Darcy Bishop and her two brothers, Todd and Russell. So Todd and Russell, they both have cerebral palsy. Mm. So Darcy has essentially just become their caregiver. But Russell is 67 and Todd is 63. Okay. So, I mean, they're all, you know, they're not in their 20s, I guess. It's my it. point. <laughs> so, all right. On to our story now that we've got a little bit of background. So, on this day, Hurricane Ian is bearing mm. down onto Florida. And there had actually been evacuation notices uh, since the day before, but it was really hard to tell whether you should evacuate or not because the hurricane's path was not clear. It was Mm, like, it's going to go this way. No, it's going to go this way. No, it's going to go this way. You know, and so it was unclear what to do. Or wherever to go even, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's uh, her parents who are actually in Wisconsin during this whole time are away and it's just her and her two disabled brothers and she is at this point really their only caregiver so Mm. she's home with them taking care of them they were resting after lunch and kind of you know just chilling out with this hurricane coming in you know and just not knowing whether they should leave the house or not so she ends up pulling uh, the wheelchair over to Russell, who is 67, and then sort of gets him into his wheelchair after his nap, and then gets him into his shoes. And uh, her brother Todd, who is actually over into another room, he could get around on a walker. Mm. So we have Russell in a wheelchair and Todd on a walker. But both of them have, you know, cerebral palsy. So their mental development is really kind of more that of a young child rather Mm. than, um, you know, an adult. And so really they did like Todd likes to collect cans on the beach and he goes for walks and he likes waiting for the mail carrier every day. And then yeah, Russell loves riding the bus and going to the park and both of these ladies, men have girlfriends just wow. FYI I know Ooh, la, la. but Darcy had of course stayed with them for their whole lives so she is realizing now that the hurricane is is upon them mm. <laughs> the rain is coming down and things are starting to flood and she's realizing that they need to get the f out okay. like this is this is not a safe situation anymore so she starts to go get Russell to try to get him, you know, kind of situated to leave. He's in his wheelchair. He's got his shoes on. So she goes to get Todd's walker to help. So Todd can get himself out. And she tries to open the door and realizes that the door is cemented shut by water on the other side. Oh, wow. So there's so much water on the other side of the door that she can't get the front door open. So she's like, shit. So she runs mm-hmm. to the garage, which Todd's walker is just on the other side of the door in the garage, and she can't get that door open either. Oh, so no. she's like, oh, crap, we can't get out. Like, what are we going to do? She's like looking around, figuring out what she can do. And the water went from ankle deep to knee deep in her house in about five minutes. 
Oh my so gosh. The water started coming in and just started rising really quickly. And she's realizing like, what the fuck am I going to do with my two brothers Yeah, in a house that is quickly flooding? So Darcy texts her daughter as she's realizing that they're completely trapped. And she's like, water's coming in. And she could hear like the dining room hutch falling and all their dishes kind of being scattered and crashing. And the refrigerator, she could hear topple over because the water's just rising. Oh, God. And so she's realizing that the only way out is up. So they're going to have to, they got to get up the stairs. So fortunately, they had actually put a second floor onto this house. It didn't originally have a second floor. Oh, wow. Um, But they had. And so now she's got to try to get Todd and Russell up the stairs. And so my understanding is just from kind of reading the story, it's like, stairs a landing a turn and then kind of more stairs in another turn okay so it's it's there's a lot of turns in it i guess is my point that makes sense i can see it so darcy gets she first takes todd up who is fortunately able to walk up the stairs by himself he gripped the banister and she sort of helped pull him up and then he she got him settled into a chair her Pomeranian Daisy, or excuse me, her Pomeranian Destiny uh, also headed up, probably to help Todd and comfort him, you know, probably sat on his lap and was a hero. But Russell, who of course is in the wheelchair, it's impossible for him to walk up the stairs. He actually can't even bend his stiff legs, which is a part of the cerebral palsy, which I didn't really realize. And so he's not even flexible, hardly. He really is like almost more laying down so it's just Sad. my point is she's gonna have a heck of a time getting right. him up the stairs she's trying to pull him up and he's yelling i can't i can't and just keeps sort of slipping down the stairs again because at this point the water is like almost to their waist oh my i mean gosh. it's just rising super fast and unfortunately, poor Darcy, she had just had knee surgery. Oh. And so, yeah, this, it had just been in August and, you know, now we're, what did I say? September? I just had it. September. Oh God, girl. <laughs> um, so she had just had the stitches taken out, but she of course was told to keep the scar dry. And now it's in this like brown brackish water that cannot be good for newly surgeried me so anyway poor thing so she gets russell's medical gate belt have you you know what that is where they kind of they can get under their knees and stuff with a belt and sort of or around it's almost like a hoist kind of to help you okay someone like from a bed to a chair and you know stuff like that i got it yes you know but russell unfortunately is like 170 pounds And so, you know, and she's an older woman who's just had knee surgery. Yeah. (laughs) So she's struggling. So she just is pushing and pulling and she manages to get them up a couple of the stairs, but the water is just following them. Like as, as quickly as she can get them up the stairs, the water is going up just as quickly. So it's just like this. There's like fight to just race to get up the stairs before the water envelops them completely. 
So she's like, Russ, get on your butt. Try to put your hands on the stairs. Like, help me in any way you can. But unfortunately, he just didn't understand. He's, you know, checking out the, you know, counting the pictures on the walls and like, hey, did you see that cool picture? And just not really understanding the gravity of the situation around him. She tried to call nine one one, but she could see like out the window that there were cars and patio furniture and boats like all floating by. So she figured there's no way in hell that someone's going to be able to get in there to rescue her anytime soon. You know, right. it's like how are they mm-hmm. going to do it? Ugh. So she called her daughter, but unfortunately the reception was too bad. So her daughter was actually going to try to mount a rescue for her. Um, <laughs> But as soon as she got close, a police officer was like, nope, you got to go. This is too unsafe. You can't, you can't go any further. And so she wasn't able, she was like barricaded from going any further and to, to try to get her mother. So scary. So Darcy is on the point of panic at this point. I I mean, she's completely frantic. She would get Russell up only to see the water come up with them. Her brother would ask many times to rest, like that he was just too tired to keep (laughs) on being like pulled up the stairs. I mean, it was probably exhausting for everybody. Mm -hmm. And at one point he actually slipped back down the stairs again and they had to pretty much start over. So Darcy actually was able to call Russell's physical therapist and the physical therapist was able to actually coax Russell into moving a little bit more. So kind of to help him help out a little bit. Like motivate but a little bit. Okay. Unfortunately, her battery was like at 5% and she <sighs> had to hang up. <laughs> and so he's looking at the pictures. She's super frustrated, but also know that he's not doing this on purpose. He's right. totally innocent in this whole thing, mm-hmm. you know? And so she's just crying and just can't get her brother up and so it took over an hour, but they made it up eight steps to the first landing. Okay. So it was just like, yeah, they've made their way up. Are they it's out of the small water landing. at this point? What's that? Are they out of the water at this point? I think yes. Yeah, okay. But the water is still rising. Coming, okay. So they they can't, you know, rest on their laurels and hang out on this landing. They got to keep on going. So it's the landing and then there's three steps up to another landing and then a handful of steps more. And each time it turns. And so they had to stop when the angle of the final landing required Russell's body to twist enough to get around this corner and it just Mm -hmm. wouldn't. So he's like wedged. (laughs) I mean, it's just, oh, I can't even imagine. Darcy tried to grab one of her father's belts and sort of tie Russell to her, but that broke. Um, and his feet were just like dangling in the water. just <laughs> like, <sighs> like he's hanging out on a dock or something like right. that. And so Darcy was just so frustrated and aggravated and probably feeling completely powerless and, you know, and super scary. So she just had to walk away for a little while. She had to kind of take a little break And then she came back and she was like, okay, Russ, come on, we're going to do this. And he's still pointing at the pictures on the wall. But then she got him up and around that curve. So they were able to climb up a few more steps. And then the water is still coming up. 
those mother effing stuff. So they're still right. being like pretty much practically outpaced by this fucking flood water. Right. She's got 5% of her battery left. So she takes a deep breath. She goes into the other room and she calls her parents. This is where I was like, Ugh. and because she was like, I, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Oh God. She's so, she's like, I'm sorry. I've, I've done everything I can to help them. I love you guys. I just, I tried my best, you know, and, <gasps> and then the phone went dead. Oh my God. <laughs> Their mother's like trying to reassure. Uh, and so, I know, God. <laughs> anyway okay so darcy goes back to russell Mm -hmm. and he's on the stairs so she put sort of sofa cushions and pillows all around him to make him as comfortable as she could Mm -hmm. and then she sat down beside him and waited she was (laughs) like they're done they can't go any further but after a while the water started to recede it started to, she noticed that it wasn't coming up anymore it was slowly starting to go down and hours passed and she watched sort of the slow retreat of the floodwaters oh relief i know oh and then at 6 30 russell said somebody's downstairs and so darcy calls out and she's like hello hello who's there and it was her granddaughter's cousin hans walters who lived nearby and heard she was in trouble <laughs> So Hans, who's 28, is standing in the waist-deep water and had two friends with him uh, to go out of the house and fetch some canoes. And then so they were able to bring a couple of canoes in and waded in and were able to actually, using inner tubes and rafts and these canoes, were able to like get Todd and Russell like up and out of the water and sort of moving out of the house. So they actually like also Russell had a floating wheelchair. So that like also helped to build this. Oh, like, wow. Sort of, okay. I don't know. Now it sounds like more like a ship, but you know, <laughs> have to get him out. And uh, Darcy, she grabbed a laundry basket and loaded it up with all their medications, their birth certificates, all their health records, which is smart. Uh, she put her dog on the raft for a little uh, destiny. Destiny, thank you. I want to call her Daisy every time. I don't know why. Uh, so she had her dog on a raft. They started to go. She uh, tied the house front door shut with the electrical wire of her vacuum cleaner and out oh. <laughs> So she said um, outside the wind was so crazy that it kept knocking her over. So they're trying really? to wade through and try to find any dry ground. So this storm is not over. It just doesn't have that much water anymore. Yeah, it's probably not raining quite as hard as it was. Mm. And she saw that the water had reached uh, over the top of the garage just about and that their cars inside were completely submerged in the water. And she said it seemed to take forever to get to a dry patch of land so they could actually get into a car and drive off. But they were able to, after hours, and she was able to be reunited with her daughter, and Russell and Todd made it out safe. She was completely exhausted. Her legs were completely bruised, you know, and I'm sure her poor scar was not good. And unfortunately, two days later, she ended up fracturing her hand, trying to take Russell to the bathroom. (laughs) Um, And so she was just having 
a hard time with it all around. And unfortunately, the house will need to be completely demolished. And she's not sure how she's going to take care of her brothers. But they're staying with her daughter. And everyone is safe and sound and dry. (laughs) And she said, well, Todd and Russell were like, I do not want any more hurricanes. (laughs) (laughs) So agreed, Todd and Russell. Uh, but that is such a stressful situation uh, i couldn't even imagine no i just think of you know my sister who's mm-hmm. her two sons are in wheelchairs of course and you know like she's described the frustration that you know that darcy talks about and a part that i kind of skipped over a little bit you know darcy had been in numerous relationships but and married a couple times but it was just it was too hard you know it's hard being in a relationship with someone who will always be tied to you know these other two people you know so that made me just think of my sister so much and how amazing she is and everything she does for those boys and Mm -hmm. and then my niece who is also there helping them all the time (laughs) like oh god right (laughs) so well done darcy well done todd and russell for making it through absolutely my gosh (sighs) oh it's so scary especially i'm sure for them it was scary because you're so immobile like what can they do all they can be like hoping that their you know sister can save them but they can't do it themselves so uh i know i think about my nephews you know because my one older nephew is just about completely immobile now Mm. you know and how powerless he must feel sometimes you know if something does happen he has to completely rely on somebody else and so it's just oh i i love them and i feel for them and Mm -hmm. so. so i was even more moved by darcy and her heroism absolutely oh wow right now I'm gonna oh. go fucking cry in the other room. So I'll I talk know. To you later. Very emotional episode today. <laughs> Lord, seriously, wow. I'm not drinking champagne anymore as I take <laughs> a sip of champagne. Ooh, well, those are really good stories. Very inspirational. A lot of brave people. Yeah. Oh goodness. So well done, Abby. Well done, Darcy. Absolutely. Uh, all right well i mean uh, i'm gonna go put something uh, funny on and take that yes okay (laughs) i think that's good yeah definitely need a palate cleanser or you know something (laughs) my goodness i'll just cry a little bit don't worry just a little maybe just you know it's okay it's fine thank you (laughs) Uh, you hope you have some dry eyes after this episode and uh, we hope you enjoyed those stories and uh, catch us next time. We will see you on the next episode. Goodbye. Goodbye.